0: This is an NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by Baseballism, a premium lifestyle apparel brand inspired by America's pastime. Baseballism is America's brand. Welcome back. This is episode 12 of Hitting Hard. I am your host, Christian. You can follow me on Twitter, (coughs) excuse me, at Christian underscore. N-Y-Y-S-T, as uh, always, hitting Hard is presented to you by Baseballism. Check them out on Baseballism.com. Use the code N-Y-Y-S-T for 15% off your order. Uh, we were supposed to start five minutes ago, but, you know, Twitter had to change the way you do live streaming on here. And since I'm not the most technologically advanced person, I had to figure out what changed, you know, like, usually there was just a live button, but now you have to go into the camera and whatever, like, why change something that was so easy, just like, boom, live, then there you are, now you got to figure out what the hell was going on. But anyway, um, been a few weeks since we did an episode of Hittin' Hard. Uh, I knew that was probably gonna happen once the baseball season started because I usually like to sit down and do these around this time seven seven thirty and the Yankees are generally on at that time so you know who's gonna want to listen to me when the Yanks are playing uh but Yanks are playing at eight ten tonight uh so we figured we'd jump on here and uh, do a little show get some things out in the open I got pre cold now everybody today is saying what's pre cold well It's in the name. It's what happens before you get a cold. So I got the little headache here. I got the stuffiness, the little drip-drip. So I'm hoping that uh, I can knock it out without getting full-blown sick because that would really suck. Uh, Got tickets to the Yankee game Friday night, so I don't want to be miserable at the game. I only want to be miserable at the game. If they're losing, I don't want to have to be sick, miserable, and then, you know, them lose too because, you know, it's been an up-and-down start for the Yankees. They're 5-5 five five as they enter tonight's game. Uh, the Red Sox lost again today. Chris Sale is 0-3 with a 9 ERA, which is pretty crazy to believe. Um, it would be nice if the Yankees were playing better baseball to really take advantage of the start that the Red Sox uh, are having. Not that the Yankees are playing terribly. They're 5-5 five five after 10 games, which, you know, you're playing 500 through your first 10 games. It's not something to get crazy about. But you know if they would be even 7 and 3 they would really put a gap in between them and Boston right now who i believe what are they 3 and 9 right now maybe 3 and 8 something like that so uh, i'm not sure if Boston's the exact record but they're not playing good baseball right now their ace is is uh, he's not pitching well and you know is that better than the yankees ace who's not pitching at all the yankees got some bad news on luis severino yesterday um that after a recent throwing program uh, or throwing session, you know, he told the uh, the trainers that he wasn't, he still wasn't feeling right. So the Yankees sent him for another MRI. As of right now, we don't know what the results of the MRI are. Uh, it's not good. Any time that you're supposed to be progressing to a certain point and you're not there, and you're telling, uh, you know, the training staff that. You know, oh, my shoulder's still bothering me. So it's not good. It's, you know, this was a big year for Luis Severino. He got his extension. He needed to prove that he could be a legitimate ace. And he's hurt. You know, not to say that he can't be a legitimate ace, but, you know, this team was relying on him to be the man. Not Becky Lynch the man, but the man. They were relying on him to be the man. To step up and be that ace, the horse, the the backbone of this rotation and he's injured and he doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. So, you know, it's disappointing. You know, I had high hopes for Louis Severino coming into this season. Uh, he might still be able to meet some of those lofty expectations, but the longer this goes, the, you know, the worse you feel about it. Any, you know, another MRI, you know, now what? It was the inflammation hiding something. Is something worse there. there? was a crazy part about Luis Severino's injury is that when he got a workup done, a physical done, right before he signed his extension, it didn't show anything. And then like a week later, this happened, so... It's very disconcerting. Hopefully, it's just that the inflammation has not cleared out as fast as the Yankees had hoped. Inflammation is a pain in the ass. I've had shoulder issues myself. I was lucky that got a cortisone shot and cleared that shit right out. But apparently, you know, it's not working for Seve. I understand that I'm just some schlub and Luis Severino is expected to be the ace of the New York Yankees. But, you know, it is what it is. You, you hope for the best that we do see Seve sometime this year and that he can lead this team to the promised land. Now that leads into what happened last night in Houston. Uh, now who is stepping up? Who is the ace of the Yankees with Luis Severino on the disabled list? That is one tank I call him Tank because he's been rolling through the competition. Masahiro Tanaka, who, um, you know, we've seen how good he can be. We've seen how he steps up when he needs to really step up. Uh, His postseason record speaks for itself. He had uh, 2017 was really the only year that he did not pitch well. But he was dominant in the postseason. If you look at his stats, I mean... You can't say the Yankees haven't gotten their money's worth out of, uh, Masahiro Tanaka. Now, you know, he's got the partial tear in the elbow, so you're always worried about that. He, you know, last year with the double hamstring injury, with trying to tag up from sec, uh, third base, but you know, when he steps on the mound, you can't say that that was not a great signing for, <clears throat> excuse me, a great signing for the Yankees. They've, gotten pretty much everything they could have hoped for out of him, except for that he has not anchored a World Series championship uh staff yet, which hopefully it will be this year. But last night, this is the big thing going around Yankee Twitter, is that last night, Yanks were up three to one. They got a three uh a lead off Justin Verlander. Um and here we go. Seventh inning. Uh Boone goes to the bullpen. Now all right, 78 pitches. On the surface, it looks like that uh, Tanaka should have went out for the seventh inning. But he had a stressful sixth. And you can see what Boone's line of thinking was. It was, hey, you know what? I got my guy through six innings here. I got a lead. And my bullpen is rested. I can go Britton out of Vino Chapman home. That's it, and that's going to be the formula most nights for the Yankees. Give me six, and then I go to the bullpen. And they did that last night, so uh, you can't you can't really fault Aaron Boone for that, especially this early in the season. Uh, you know, it's only Tanaka's third start, and I've heard people say this on the radio today, and it makes a ton of sense with the uncertainty of what is going on with Luis Severino right now. You need to be extra cautious of Masahiro Tanaka he gives you six he has a struggle in the six to get through it even at 78 pitches it might be time to go to the bullpen and not for nothing and I was one of the biggest advocates for bringing back Zach Britton uh, to this team in the offseason and I'm happy they did not uh, what even with what happened last night um, you know these guys got to do their jobs. Everybody, this is the problem. This is a big problem in social media right now, in Yankee Twitter or Yankee Facebook or whatever. The anti Booners, they just want to blame Aaron Boone for everything. Greg Berg strikes out, Aaron Boone's fault. Luke Voigt pops up, Aaron Boone's fault. Gary Sanchez gets picked off at of second base, Aaron Boone's fault. Zach Britton walks the eight-hitter and allows a two-run double to the nine-hitter. Aaron Boone's fault. You know what? Sometimes guys got to do their job. The manager puts them in a position to do the right thing, to do to get the job done, and they don't do it. But somehow it's his fault. You know, this is what we had a problem with last Tuesday when I was at the stadium. And it was a tie game in the ninth inning. Chapman gives up two runs. Boone's an idiot. Boone's dumb because he used his closer there. Hey, dumbass. You're supposed to go to your closer with a tie game in the ninth inning when you're at home. That's the move. And, but it's, but because Boone did it, Boone's dumb and he's stupid and he can't, can't manage the Yankees. Shut your friggin' mouth. I, I don't want to, you know, we're 10 games in this season. I'm already sick and tired of everybody that just wants to rag on Aaron Boone for everything that he does. Oh, he didn't, he didn't wear his jersey today and the Yankees lost Aaron Boone's fault. Shut up. Like, just please, please just shut up. I'm so sick and tired of it. Last night, even after the game, Masahiro Tanaka said, look, I was pretty much done at that point. So the pitcher himself, now people are going to say, well, he's not going to throw his manager under the bus. Well, that's awesome. Honestly, it is. Like, I'm glad that he would never throw his manager under the bus because that's just going to, that's nothing good can happen from him uh, throwing him under the bus. But I'm going to take him for his word. Or through his interpreter, that he is, he was done. And Boone said that it was, you know, he basically said, you know what, I, he had to struggle to get through the sixth inning. And he, it, again, we're, what was last, April 9th, April 10th, or whatever, whatever today, I don't know, April 8th or whatever, where we are in the calendar, you're not going to, Try to overextend Tanaka right now when you feel that you have your three big weapons rested and ready to go in the bullpen. That's just the way that they play baseball now. I'm sorry, it's not Aaron Boone's fault that they lost last night. And yeah, it sucks that they lost last night because they scored three runs off of Justin Verlander, and I that must and honestly that felt like ten runs because the Yankees never do. Anything, especially since he's been back down. Since I keep saying back down in, in Houston. Um, ever since he went down to Houston, you feel like they never touched this guy. And they got him for three runs. And you're up 3-1 to in the 7. Do you feel like you have to take that game home? I get it. I get the frustration of losing. But the manager did what he's paid to do. Get the ball to his highly paid relievers and go home. And they didn't come through, okay? It's not Aaron Boone's fault. It's Zach Britton's fault. I love Zach Britton. I'm so glad they re-signed him, but it's his fault. He walked the 8-hitter. He gives up a 2-run double to the 9-hitter. Those are things that you can't do. And he did them. Aaron Boone didn't throw those pitches Zach Britton through those pitches, okay? This is where this fan base has some type of mental blockage that they don't understand that players have to perform too. It's not just the manager. Aaron Boone with the bases loaded and Gary Sanchez pops up. And I'm not taking a shot at the Kraken because he's been really good this year. Couple pickoffs aside where he just... He, speaking of mental blockages, it's just like, Hey, Gary, can you wake up... Uh, He's been really good this year. He's got six home runs already. I mean, he's, you can see why the Yankees didn't want to trade him, okay? And I tweeted this out uh, earlier on Sunday, on Sunday at some point. I said, I'm very happy to see the release, the Kraken tweets, when I seen so many dumb tweets over the offseason of people that wanted to release. The Kraken. You have to be insanely stupid to want to have gotten rid of Gary Sanchez, especially for the type of offers that we heard that Miami wanted for JTL Remuto. If you and I said this before, if you wanted to sell me that you were just going to straight up swap Sanchez for Real Muto, I would have said, you know what? I don't like it. I like Gary better. But I get, I can understand maybe the Yankees just want to wash their hands of whatever it is that happened with Gary Sanchez in 2018 and start fresh with another catcher. But they wanted more pieces back. And you're telling me, this guy who's got the potential and probably the best hitting catcher in Major League Baseball, you're going to trade him and prospects for Jets Ramuto? Get out of here. You're crazy, crazy. All because of pass balls, please shove. Like, take your pass balls and shove them up your butt. I'm so tired of hearing it, you know. And and Mark Teixeira, I'm I'm so glad that I really hope that everybody had a chance to listen to Mark Teixeira on Michael K. Show today. Garrett Sanchez is not perfect. You have to accept that. You have to accept that he's not perfect because when he does what he does, like in a game on Sunday, that then you see. That's why the Yankees are keeping him around. He has the potential to be the best hitting catcher in Major League Baseball. And I think he's already shown that potential this year. He showed it in 2016. He showed it in 2017. And you know what? Sometimes shit happens. And shit happened in 2018 for Gary Sanchez. And you know what? Go back and listen to Mark Teixeira to when they brought up Gary Sanchez. He's not perfect. He's going to have those mental lapses. But you know what? If he's going to hit 35 home runs and driving close to 100, you deal with it. And I even tweeted it out on Sunday. I said, hey, you know what? If Gary Sanchez smashes 35 home runs this year, nobody's going to give a shit about what Gary Sanchez does at second base or behind the plate. They're just going to know that we got the best hitting catcher in Major League Baseball. Because you know what? One pass. Pass ball can be I don't know, I just washed my hands so I can't snap my fingers. Sometimes there we go. And once one pass ball can be easily erased by a three run home run, and that's what Gary Sanchez can do. He can wreck a game with his bat. Now go ahead and tell me that he can wreck a game with his glove too, which you know what? Maybe he can, but I'm gonna take the chance that he's going to keep what he needs to keep in front of him and go out there and hit a three run home run. Boom. Back to Aaron Boone here, right? Aaron Boone, it's not his fault, and I'll say this again, it's not his fault when his guys don't come through. He can only put them in the position to be successful, right? Right. So, Tanaka comes out after six. Now, I had somebody tell me this, but Verlander pitched over 100 pitches in the same amount of innings. Great. Justin Verlander is a horse. No one's taking that away from him. He's one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball. The guy's a friggin' horse but he's also more used to going to that level. The Yankees never really let Tanaka get to that level. So he's around 80 after a stressful inning and you have your bullpen locked and loaded. It's a, you go, you do it. And they, you know what? It sucks that they lost last night. It really does. It sucks. You're up 3 to 1 in the 7th. You, you know, you're you're like, "All right, this is the type of game you expect to lose even with Tanaka on the mound because you don't expect to hit Verlander." But you're in the 7th with a lead. And you lost. It sucks. I get it. But it's not Boone's fault. You know? Sometimes guys don't come through. They have to come through. The manager can press every button. You the analytics can say that this is the way to go this is the this is every button that you're supposed to press one two three four and Aaron Boone can press every single one of these buttons and every other manager in Major League Baseball would press every single one of those buttons but if it doesn't work then it's Aaron Boone's fault no it's not it's the player's fault the player has to come through it has to and you know honestly and this is why I kind of got off on a sidekick about Gary Sanchez I I was thinking about this in my mind that game really turned last night, and I forget what inning it was because I got home late and I f- taped the game, and I was I was kind of zipping through to catch up. Um, bases loaded. Uh, Luke Voigt hit a single to score a run. I believe the Yankees were, that made the game two to one or one nothing. I don't remember. I'm sorry. Uh, it might have been one nothing. I don't remember. Like I said, I was zipping through the game. I don't re- exactly really remember play for play the first couple innings of the game. But that inning where they had the bases loaded and they only got the one run, uh, Voight got the single. And that's a case of a guy hitting a ball too hard because the second run couldn't have scored because the ball got to the outfield too quick. But the game really changed right there with that Gary Sanchez. That bat. He pops up. And that really took the steam out of the inning. And They get another run there, maybe two, maybe three. We're talking about something different. That game really turned there, in my opinion. But still, you're up 3-1 to in the seventh against uh, Verlander. I get it. You want to win the game. You have to win the game. It's a game that you want to put in your back pocket and go home with. But it didn't happen. You know what? It's not the manager's fault. So stop blaming him for everything. He's going to screw up enough time. And this is coming from a big Boone supporter. You know, Booner for Boone. He's gonna screw up enough times this season where you can rip him. and that's all I ask. When he when he screws up, rip him. When he does something that is truly wrong that he shouldn't have done and cost the team the game or a run or whatever, then you can rip him. Stop ripping guys, even players managers, stop ripping them when they don't do the wrong thing. Please. Like, it's it's tiring. It's old. You know, it's the worst being on social media after the Yankees lose because it's got to be somebody's fault. Seriously, get a life. Like, you got 152 games left and hopefully 11 more wins in the postseason. Oh God, like, these games are, will stress you out enough just watching them and then putting that at it. Shit that you guys, some of you guys do with the... Oh, my God. I don't understand it. I really don't. Like, anyway... Enough about Aaron Boone, it's no, I'll just say this, it was you know, that old, that old song, I caught a canyon on the counter, wasn't me, wasn't Aaron Boone, okay, so we brought up the man, Becky Lynch, earlier, uh, in the show, so, uh, we'll wrap up the show here, do a little Wrestlemania talk, uh, seven and a half hours, and Christian went to sleep, uh, probably about three or four times, I don't even know, um, it was really weird for me not being at WrestleMania and when WrestleMania was like 15 minutes from my house, but it was even weirder that I wasn't upset that I didn't go. Like I did, like being a lifelong wrestling fan and, uh, not going to WrestleMania is kind of weird, but you gotta understand, like I did WrestleMania back in 2014 when it was The Rock and Cena, um, so I did it already. You know, it wasn't like I hadn't been to WrestleMania where like I had to go. I did it already. Like, Wrestling fan bucket list, went to WrestleMania, boom, did it. So it's not like I had to go. Plus, keeping track of these, of these ticket prices, they were ridiculous. It was, it was absolutely insane what they were asking for. $360 on a secondary market because, you know, God forbid if you're not like on Ticketmaster the exact, the exact split second they go on sale, then the scalpers buy them all up. Uh three hundred and sixty dollars to sit behind the stage. I'm like come on. I don't care if I was a millionaire. I don't know if I could justify that. Like I'm gonna spend seven hundred dollars because I want to go with somebody, I don't want to sit there by myself. Seven hundred bucks to so sit so high up in the sky that uh you're can see over a giant a giant screen essentially. And that was another thing that kinda of disappointed me about WrestleMania. You used to look forward to um the different pay-per-view sets, and then I understand the budget cutbacks. Company worth a billion dollars need budget cutbacks, and then they just had the same generic set for all pay-per-views, right? But then they still did this special WrestleMania set, and then it was just a giant screen. I mean, come on, be a little bit more inventive than that, jeez. Um, so yeah, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, so basically, and then you know another thing. So you got the ticket prices, and the fact that the show was seven and a half hours. My God. I don't know if I would have lasted. I didn't last it on my couch. Uh, I fell asleep a couple of times. I missed the beginning of the Kofi Daniel Bryan match. I didn't, I didn't see at any of uh, Balor and Lashley. I definitely missed the entrances to the main event. And I might have been out at another point in the show too, but I've seen WrestleMania got a lot of high marks. People that review it, uh, you know, were generally pleased with it, gave it high marks. Uh, it was okay. I mean, like I said, it was so long. I fell asleep a couple of times, so maybe it was hard for me to get a read on it. But I liked it. I wasn't in love with it. Uh, the Rollins-Lesnar match was okay. Uh, you know, it should have been a big deal that Rollins won the Universal title. And, but it wasn't because of the way the match came off. It was just like Brock jumped him and then Rollins came, punched him in the balls and then hit three stomps and then that was the end of it. Uh, if it was treated like a, more of a real legit WrestleMania title match, I would have enjoyed it more. And I think it would have meant more the title win, especially that – I didn't mind it being the first match of the show. I thought it actually was actually pretty cool. Like I like when they – so many matches like you just gotta like boom you know maybe hit one you know go for a big one right out of the park uh you know i'm re-watching how i met your mother in the one of the episodes uh the new year's eve episode in season one when barney has these get psych mix and he says it should be all rise and you know, i feel like you know, i know you can't really do that in wrestling because you still have the the undercard and you know you gotta have matches take down the crowd but i feel like you know, all rise from the top, get these, get everybody started right from the beginning with a big match, so I had no problem with that, uh, other thoughts, just real quick, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston, uh, I caught him midway through, when, you know, when I woke up from one of my naps, I, I thought it was a really good match, like, uh, I've seen people give it five stars, I can't say that I give it five stars, because I didn't see the whole thing, but, you know, I'm not gonna argue with anybody that says it, I probably was a, match if I watched the whole thing and wanted to rate it at least you know a match that went over four stars maybe four and a half you know I have no problem with somebody saying that it was a five-star match but the and this is weird this is no disrespect Daniel Bryan no disrespect to to Kofi Kingston it was just weird because earlier in the day I was watching Wrestlemania 3 and it was Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant for the WWE title and you're saying to yourself like back 30 years ago you had these big Bohemids like Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, the irresistible force versus the, Im- the immovable object for the WWE title. And now today, it's cool that guys that size are getting opportunities to be champion, but these are two guys that don't even weigh a combined 400 pounds, and that was the size of one Andre the Giant's legs, and they're wrestling for the WWE title, so like, it kind of didn't feel like a big-time WWE championship match because of what the history of the WWE Championship at WrestleMania was—Hogan, Andre, Hogan Warrior, Hogan Savage—even um, you know you go to this, quote smaller guys, but they just seem to be carried themselves in this larger-than-life capacity. When you had uh, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, uh, Randy Savage and Ric Flair, uh, you know, and then you know he had a mix guys that weren't maybe the biggest guys, but it was still bigger guys than you had, like, Austin and The Rock, and they had those big personalities, and uh, Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle, and then you had Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan. Again, not to disrespect both of those guys, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the history of the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. And, then, you know, it just, it didn't seem, it almost felt like that match should have been for the Intercontinental title more than the WWE title. But again, you know, super happy for Kofi, man. Good for him that he won the WWE title. I like seeing guys that have been in a company for a long time get rewarded and have that type of moment. So that's that, that was pretty awesome. Uh, I'm And then, you know, the only other real thing that I want to touch on is the Women's Championship match. I now that I think about it, I probably missed more than the um, the entrances because I really don't remember a lot about the match except for maybe like the finishing moments. Uh, it was bot—I guess you could say it was botched a little bit. It didn't look like to me when I saw it that Ronda's shoulders were up. Um, I don't mind the pinfall uh, end to the match. I know a lot of people wanted Ronda to tap. I don't—I didn't mind it to be honest with you. I kind of liked the fact that Becky was able to quote outsmart her and get and catch her in a you know in a pinfall when she was going for one of her signature moves. Because it just shows like Rhonda got caught, Rhonda was cocky and Becky capitalized. That would have been a cool ending. I just wouldn't have done it with the Piper's pit move because um I don't know. I just wouldn't have done it with that. I would have done it maybe an inside cradle or something when Rhonda was going for an arm bar. Like get super cocky, you know, hold Becky's arm around, maybe drag her around the ring a little bit. You know, Becky was beat up, drag her around the ring a little bit, you know, go to the go to the fans, like, this is your hero, this is the man, you know, and then go for the arm bar, Becky, inside cradle, one, two, three. That's probably how I would have done it. But, you know, it's still it happened the way it happened so we'll see what happens a lot happens there so you know overall um you know again maybe one day i'll go back and uh check out wrestlemania you know maybe get a better feel for the show again like i said it was just so it was weird that i didn't go and then it was weirder that i didn't that i wasn't upset that i didn't go but you know i did it like i said i did it already take it prices long show you know and, you know, imagine falling asleep three times at MetLife Stadium. Probably wouldn't have been fun. But anyway, hopefully this show has been fun. Touched on uh, the Yankee game from last night. little WrestleMania talk. And um, that's about it. So definitely, please, uh, if you're still listening, uh, go to iTunes and leave this show a five-star rating. If I get some more five-star ratings, I might be inclined to do this show more often. i got to find pockets... Uh, to do the show more often uh, it's like I said earlier it's really tough with the Yankees playing now that this is the time that I like to do this show and you know it's just not a good time to be doing a half hour live stream on Twitter when the Yankees are on but um and then I don't want to get too now that we're doing two NYYST podcasts in a week I don't want to get too redundant say things on that show twice and then say it here so we'll, we'll We'll come to a happy medium. But for today, we did episode 12 of Hitting Hard. Follow me on Twitter at Christian underscore NYYST. Follow our sponsors at Baseballism. Go to Baseballism.com. 15% will save you 15%. And code NYYST will save you 15% on your order. Thank you for watching. And as I always like to say, one day I will come up with a great signature goodbye to the show. Just so happens that today is not that day. We'll see you in the next episode.